Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss, and here is Stacey Pates. Thank you so much, Sid. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, it's LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in Los Angeles and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Shanae Agumake opted out of the 2020 WNBA season for medical reasons, and she said, quote, if you know me, you know that I have overcome some of the biggest challenges an athlete can face on the court. My previous injuries have given me strength and built character, but unfortunately they require me to be careful with my preparation leading up to a season. This year is unprecedented in many ways. Therefore, my team and I have come to the decision to proactively be cautious and put my body first. And we also had in the same week guard Christy Tolliver also opting out of the 2020 season. She said, quote, Though I want very much to compete with my team to be a leader and show up for them, I am not comfortable with the risk to my physical health, short-term and long-term, given the many unknowns of COVID-19 and the risk of injury. For me, the right decision under the circumstances is to opt out for the year. Tolliver went on to say, During my time away, I will get myself mentally and physically prepared for the 2021 season. And in light of many social injustice issues that are finally and rightfully front and center, I will find new ways to make a positive impact in my community. I look forward to rejoining my teammates in L.A. next season and wish them good health and safety this season. Go Spartans. And with those two powerhouse players opting out of the 2020 season, that opened up two roster spots for two women who were waiting for their opportunity, Rashonda Gray and Taya Cooper. We'll hear from both Cooper and Gray on this call. And as always, Eli Horowitz, the Director of Public Relations and Communications for the LA Sparks, will guide the media through this conversation with these two athletes. We're going to start with Rashonda Gray. She played a key role for the Liberty Front Court last season and Head coach Derek Fisher notes that coaching against her last year, her aggressiveness in the paint was obvious. She's a willing rebounder, has developed a great repertoire of post moves, and she is eager to get started. My name is Shonda Gray. I'm from L.A., born and raised. And um, I would first like to say um, I would like to thank God just for the opportunity um, and just showing me um, to continue just to have faith. Um, When one door closes, the next one opens. Um, I'm not going to lie, when I got cut from New York, I was pretty down, but um, I continued just to lean on my faith, and like two days later, I got the call to play in my home city, so things couldn't get any greater than that, so I was just like, thank God first and foremost, and then I would like to thank the Sparks organization for just having me, you know, um, I'm from here, of course, and just to play, just to be able to just to rock the purple and gold is just amazing, because I remember I was a young kid going to the games. And then I got cut, and I was still going to the games, and now I'm, I'm able to just be a part of the team, which is really great. Let's start with John W. Davis of Windsider. I was watching some film on you, and it seems like you are really focused on rebounding. Mm-hmm. You have like a, almost like an eye for it. Can you kind of talk to me about that? Because I, I kind of see that focus when you're playing. Like you're just like watching the ball, and like then you know – just that millisecond before the other person where it's going and then you're going to get it. You know, um, I'm happy you actually brought that up. Um, The way that I think about it is basketball 
has took me so many places, has changed my life in so many ways, um, gave me so many opportunities. So every time I go for a rebound, I look at it as that's, that's my opportunity. That's my chance. And I don't want to miss my chance. And I don't want to let anybody else get my chance. So I try to get every rebound as possible. Even if I have to run through a brick wall, um, I'm going to get the rebound. At the end of the day, I love you guys. But on the court, I'm not here to be friends. I'm here to be a good teammate. And I'm here to win games. Sue Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. Um, I, as a LA girl, I, I got to ask, uh, I, I read um, in the past about your, an experience you had with Kobe Bryant being pretty impactful and you who becoming like who you are here now today. Can you share that story with us? You know, um, I met Kobe when I was like in middle school and I was a part of a nonprofit after school, um, a nonprofit named After School All Stars. And he was a big advocate for low income communities and just giving back to the community through basketball. So using his platform of basketball to help provide for others. So I saw him when I was young and I'm like, oh, like that's Kobe. But this is Kobe before he was the Mamba. So I was like, oh, that's Kobe. Like, okay, cool. But then I saw him and I was like, um, like, hey, Kobe, like, do you have any advice for me? Like, I'm just starting to get into basketball. I was like 14. I was like, I'm just starting to get into basketball. Do you have any advice for me? He told me you have to see yourself do it. You have to vision yourself in order to do it. So I'm like 14. I'm like, as the years went on, I started to finally understand what he meant. And in order to be the, the greatest or to put yourself in a better opportunity, you're going to have to envision yourself there because there's going to be so many obstacles thrown in your way that you will have to maneuver through. So as I got older, it started to click. And I was like, dang, now I understand like, what he's talking about. So when I had the chance to meet him was it last summer at um, the WNBA All-Star Game, I went up to him and I was just like, yo, Kobe, my name's Rashonda Gray. I was a part of After School All-Stars. And I just want to tell you, like, thank you for just taking the time out to just give back to the communities because it helped. You inspire me so much that I started my own nonprofit too as well. But I just want to tell you, just thank you for just putting the time in um, to work with people, work with children in low-income communities because it worked. Like, look at me. Like, never in a million years, I think I would run across you again with all the great accolades that you had. Like, I met Kobe when he was just Kobe, and now I got this chance to meet him when he was Mamba, and I also had the chance to meet Gigi, too, as well. So that was a great experience. And not only that, I told him, I was like, I don't know if you remember or not, but you told me when I was 14 years old, in order to be great or if I want something, I have to envision it first in order to achieve it. And I told him, I finally understand it now, and he just started laughing. And then I just told him, like, just thank you again for, like, your time and dedication to the community. To Erica Ayala. I wanted to talk to you actually a little bit about, as you said, you know, um, you, you got cut and, and immediately were picked up, but um, you know, what was, has been your focus, I should say, um, given that we're in unprecedented times and you've not been able to be with any team really um, because of coronavirus. So <laughs> it's funny that you asked that too as well. So when I got cut, I was hurt. I was down. I literally didn't do anything for like a week because I was stuck. Um, I've been cut from multiple teams, so I thought I could just bounce back. But from this, um, it kind of hurt really hard because, you know, I sat out the league for two years, and then I came back into the league, and I proved why I should be there. And I just really tried to leave everything out on the court. So when I got cut, I was a little hurt. 
and I was a little lost and I kind of got down on myself and I didn't do anything for a week. So I just like leaned on my faith at the time. And I was like, God, I know you're trying to tell me something. Like what exactly are you trying to tell me? So he was just like, you know, don't worry about basketball right now. Just focus on something else. I was still working out. Don't get me wrong. I, was, I still had to stay in shape for a call when I was ready. So I decided to channel that energy into my foundation, um, No Gray Areas, which is designed, a nonprofit, which is designed to help give back to young girls in low-income communities or just help women in general. So far as like my middle school, high school girls, I have um, the Gray Scale, which I help them academically, athletically, and socially because I feel like all three of them intertwine with each other. So I started to work on my website. I'm still working on it now. So I started just to put that energy into my website. I love doing hair since I was in college. I used to always do hair for fun. I used to tell my teammates, you want to get your hair done? Just buy me dinner. I'll do your hair. I don't even charge. So I was like, okay, so Gurgur Salon happened in college. And that's something like I just keep speaking into existence because, you know, look at me. I love my hair. Like I love, I love hair. Like I feel like it's no greater feeling than having your hair done. So I decided to turn Gurke Salon into a nonprofit during that downtime. And when I turned into a nonprofit, it's to help focus on beautifying women. So that's where I channeled that. And when I took my focus off of basketball and start putting it into something that's more positive, um, you know, great things came and I had less anxiety. And I just thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I just felt stuck. So I just channeled that energy into something else. And then when I channeled it to something else, the opportunity presented itself. Um, specifically, if given um, what has happened really worldwide um, after the killing of George Floyd, if you've thought differently from that aspect as well regarding your nonprofit. Definitely. Um, I feel like majority of um, the children that my program catered to is African-American women. And my job is to just help protect our women as well as, you know, I can't just only focus on women, but my job is to. But if I can help a young brother too, I will. But my job is to focus on women and just help build them up, build that confidence and show them that they're beautiful queens and that they should carry themselves as queens and they have a voice. And to use, and to use their voice and just be, um, just be out there and vocal, like, if you have an opinion, you want to support something, go out there and support it. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, you know? So my, my, I just try to uplift young girls and just, just try to tell them, be positive with all this chaos. Because if you start worrying and doing um, things that's not right, then things are just going to keep crumbling. So I just try to tell them to balance that negativity and just turn it into something positive so you can help the next person or the next woman or the next young girl that's down, that don't have confidence or that's struggling. Do favor with Women's Soup World? I wanted to back up a little bit. I know you were in South Korea over the winter and maybe you could take, take us through that for a second because I know the league was shut down for a while because of coronavirus's arrival over there way before it was here and then can you tell us how long how long that was for and what that was like being over there and then when it started, what happened after that, and then to jump, like how that uniquely prepares you for what you're about to go and do right now. You've had kind of a unique journey through this whole thing. So um, I was over there in Korea. We was doing good. We was in first place and winning. I feel like we played through the worst already. 
So they still had us playing then, and we had no fans. So when we came to, like, three games left in the rest of the regular season, they decided to spend the season for two weeks. And I'm like, okay, going to spend it for two weeks. So we waited, like, two whole weeks. And then, like, on that last day of the second week, that's when we found out they canceled the league. But when the virus and stuff broke out um, over there, I felt like Korea was really well prepared. Um, they had tests ready. They had the um, temperatures ready. They had heat sensors ready. So I feel like they were, like, well prepared. And this is before it even hit the United States. So when things start getting, like, things start calming down in Korea and getting back safe, that's when the United States starts to take a toll. And it was scary because I feel like, um, I don't know, like, I'm leaving one quarantine and going into another. So I wasn't really sure how to how to deal with things. But, you know, I just leaned on my faith in the end. And I just try to, you know, I feel like if you, you if you, you know, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. But that doesn't mean you go out there and just be like, oh, yeah, give it to me. No, you you take procedures. You take care of yourself. You social distance. You wear a mask. You wash your hands. And you stay out of people's face. <laughs> so, but I just leaned on my, my faith. And I just, just try to be positive about the situation and just try to um, be prepared and just worried about safety. So you got a routine down. So when you go to Florida, you know what you're going to be washing here and masking. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to be that okay. extra person with like the full body suit on with the goggles and everything. <laughs> Dukni Nguyen with the LA Times. You mentioned being a kid going to Sparks games. What are some of your like childhood memories about uh, about the Sparks, attending Sparks games, and like, how does that make you even more excited to now be in this kind of full circle moment? Um, I'll probably have to say um, one of my favorite childhood memories outside of screaming like I'm crazy for a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> I would probably have to say like waiting after the games to meet the players. Um, I met Candace Park. Wait, was Candace Park in the league? No, it was Dine in Toronto. Ew. Year, I think. Oh, I don't want to age her. I'm sorry, CP. I love you, girl. Um, <laughs> I remember waiting outside, like after the arena, and like seeing some of the WBA players. Um, and when they had a chance to like come to us and just say hello and take a picture, so it was just really excited to be a fan and to watch the game, and then to become a part of the game, and then to go elsewhere and learn the game and come back home where it all began. So I think that's that's wonderful and that's amazing and it's just crazy how life works. Angel Gray with Spectrum Sportsnet. You've been talking about um, your nonprofit and the empowerment of young women and how much that means to you. Just kind of wanted to um, just tap into your relationship with Lindsay Gottlieb and what her aspiring to be, you know, someone that's looked up to even in the NBA and how that, you know, what that reflects like for you and just being under a coach um, that has been defying the odds and, you know, breaking the glass ceiling. What has that um, conversation been like and, and what do you aspire to do next just because of the women that have done that? Um, I would have to say, um, so, you know, the saying, a rough around the edges, a little rough around the edges. So when I first met Jeezy, I was a little rough around the edges, but you can tell I was going to be something special. And I feel like, Plan for Jeezy was like one of the greatest decisions that I made. And the reason why I say that is because she cared about me as a person first before basketball. But not only that, she taught me how to be a lady and just treat myself and how to respect myself. And that's something that I will forever be grateful for her um, for that. But not only even that, like, you know, 
Lindsay Daly is a boss. Look at her now. And she's just also like a great role model and she inspired me. Like I wanna be like her. Like I wanna I wanna make history. Like I wanna change the game. Like she's she's so smart and like everything in basketball. Like I just envy her like all over. So just to have a great relationship with her and just to learn from her, I think that kind of played a part into me turning into who I am and why I'm so big about women empowerment. Um, you know, us at the end of the day, we all sisters and we gotta stick together. If we don't, like, who else is going to have our back, you know? And that's one of the things why I push in women empowerment so hard. Like, why hit on the next system where you can help a lifter and y'all both can be up together? Mm-hmm. Two is better than one. So my follow-up oh, yeah. question to that, my follow-up, um, just for that, and if you can't hear me, let me know. Um, but, and I'm sorry if you've already answered this, but when you put on that Sparks jersey, you already mentioned just being a fan of it, but when you actually put that Sparks jersey on, what's going through your head and um, what do you want your role to be for this team? When I, when, I put that Sparks, when I put that Sparks jersey on, I think I might cry. Like, <laughs> it's like a dream come true that I get to rep the, the purple and gold. I get to play for my home team. Like, I don't know how many people, maybe outside of Lisa Leslie, that I know of that's from L.A., went to school in California, and they finally come back home and play um, professionally. I think that's amazing. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. But not only that, I get to play with some great vets. I got Simone Augustus. I got I got CP. I got NECA, who I played against with Stanford. And I was in her messages when we was in college, and I'm like, oh, my God, NECA. Like, I envy you. Like, I love your game. So just to be able to just play alongside her is just like a great opportunity for me. And I'm so looking forward to it. And the role that I feel like I can bring to the team is I'm going to bring my A game every night. Um, whether I make a shot or miss a shot, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play. I'm going to leave it all on the floor. I'm going to go after every rebound. If Coach Fisher be like run through a brick wall, I'm going to be like, okay, can I get a helmet first? So... <laughs> So I'm like so excited. I'm so excited for that. And I just feel like this is a, a really great fit for me because I'm big on family. And I feel like the, the chemistry here is amazing. And I'm just thankful for the opportunities to just be able to be a fit for that, that I have the opportunity to get a chance to be a part of that. David Yapkowitz with Next Hoops. We've, we've kind of seen the game, you know, shift a little bit over the past few years, you know, where you got uh, post players that are outside shooting threes, playing on the perimeter. But, you know, your identity, it seems like, you know, you're, you're skilled in the post. That's where you do your work, you know, um, crashing the glass, you know, scoring around the rim. Um, you know, kind of an old school game, you know, is, is that something, you know, you, you can see yourself, you know, in terms of fitting in with this team here and, and bringing to the court? Yeah, I definitely would say old school. I mean, I have three brothers, three older brothers, three older brothers, and I'm always fighting with them. Like, when I was younger, I used to be out there with them riding the bikes, like, playing with, like, playing with water guns and stuff. But I would definitely have to say, you know, where I come from, I would definitely have to say blacktop ball play a big part in it. And I think that's why my game is the way that it is because, you know, blacktop ball, no foul. They don't call no foul. So you just got to either suck it up or sit down on the side. So I think that plays a big part of who I am today and my, why my game is so aggressive. You know, I just want it, and all I was taught is to just to go hard. Over to Ari Chambers with Bleacher Report. I came late, so I don't know if you've already answered this, but you were talking about how you uplift other women in your, in your nonprofit. 
How have you yes. been staying up? How have you been staying sane? Like any methods that you know you've been taking part in yourself to tend to you to make sure your cup is full? <laughs> um, yes. Um, I'll definitely have to say um one of the things I have to tell um tell myself is if you don't come out of quarantine with something to add to yourself personally or to your yourself mentally, personally, physically, like if you don't come out with a plus from quarantine, then that means like, what did you do? You waste all that time. So I do like Zoom calls with young girls and I just tell them, even though we are in quarantine, you still gotta act, you still gotta set yourself a schedule because event, I pray to God eventually like this will end and we'll eventually get back to life. But if you continue, if you plan your day out and just keep moving as if it was just like normal, but like safely, then once everything get back, you won't be behind. You will actually be ahead of the curve. So I've been trying to tell them just like, why you got this downtime? Think about your plan B. Okay. You want to play, like you want to play basketball, basketball get taken away from you. What you going to do after basketball? What's your plan B? You can't, I mean, you can't, I mean, I don't know if you can play forever, but if you got it like that, go ahead. But once that ball is up like what's your plan b what, what are you going to fall back to so that's one of the things i try to push um during this quarantine to my young girls it's like you got to have a plan b and figure out what you want to do in life after basketball because it's just it's bigger than basketball mm -hmm. and what have you found out about yourself during quarantine what i found out about myself i'm still learning um you know even though i have my um nonprofit, no gray areas it's a part of me and I'm still growing to myself. I'm still in that gray area with deciding who I am, um, what I want to be, um, who, what friends to hang out with, um, who has my best interests, who don't have my best interests. But I think during this quarantine, you see who's really for you and who's not for you. Amanda Skurlock with the Los Angeles Sentinel. Being an alum of Washington Prep High School. What is the general, always the general. What advice would you give? Because you were such a good student and athlete um, back then. So what advice would you give to a young athlete just being able to balance the two? Plain and simple. If I can do it, you can do it too. And don't be afraid to ask for help. The worst thing they can say is no. And if you don't ask for help, you automatically already got to know. So that would be my advice to them. To Ronald Wallace, Ballin' Down South. You were in New York you get an opportunity to go play some ruckus style basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to, you know, I always be on Instagram looking at the beauty, like beauty ballers at Rutgers Park and stuff. I would love to play, but definitely, but you know, eventually time will come for that. Now you're going up into LA and I haven't been to LA since I got out of the military and that's been quite some time now. But thank you for going, the service. Thank you. Going there, you know, to LA, you know, you got Candace Park and all the other greats. And now you got a, a, a new uh, teammate coming with you from Baylor University, Tia Cooper, who's a definite, you know, high charger, fast paced basketball player. Yeah. Where do you fit in on that roster? You know, I fit in, but I feel like I can rebound and I just bring aggressiveness. Um, I don't take, I try not to, you know, take any days off. Um, you know, I know NECA is like a key player and Kenneth Parker is a key player. And if I go at them hard, I'm pretty sure that the game will be easier <laughs> for them. But my role is to just be that great teammate, play the, if whatever coach you need me to do, and just do what I do best that got me here, which is rebounding, running the floor, being aggressive, and showing that I am capable of hitting a 15, 14 foot jumper. Or I can take you off the, the dribble because I have been working on my game. So, yeah, just working and just trying to fit, just trying to fit in and just find a place.
uh, Raymond Lyons was made to the W. You feeling any pressure coming back to the home team when they in full championship mode? <laughs> Do I feel like, you know, pressures make diamonds, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything. I feel like the worst already happened to me. I don't have anything to lose. I'm at home. Well, my, I'm at home. I get to play for L.A. Like, I, no, I don't have any pressure. And if it is pressure, I'm going to turn them to some Tiffany Dime earrings. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Tiffany Diamonds, baby. I love that attitude. It's so great. Thank you so much, Rashonda. Also excited to join the LA Sparks, rookie guard Taya Cooper, who was selected 18th overall by the Phoenix Mercury in this year's WNBA draft, but she was waived when the team announced their final roster. Cooper started her college career at the University of Tennessee before she transferred to University of South Carolina. After playing for Don Staley during the 2018-19 season, she transferred to Baylor as a graduate transfer for the 2019-2020 season. Derek Fisher says she proved at Baylor that she can both facilitate effectively as a point guard and also she's one of the better three-point shooters entering the WNBA as a rookie. She'll be able to provide depth at both guard positions, and we're excited to have her. Hello, I'm Taya Cooper. Um, I'm so excited and blessed for the opportunity to play for the Sparks, and I really just can't wait to be there and meet everyone and finally, you know, be in the WNBA. Christina Williams with Girls Talk Sports. I just wanted you to speak on um, what it means to be able to play for a franchise like the Los Angeles Sparks. Um, I think it's a it's a very prestigious opportunity because there's so many great vets. Um, there's a wonderful staff and coach. So just being able to be around those caliber of people is just an amazing opportunity. And you really just are blessed if you get to be in the presence of them for a whole season. Sabrina Merchant with SB Nation. I'm just curious, did you have any contact with the team during the pre-draft process? Or was this like the first time that you heard from them once? Um, this was the first time I heard from them. So it was actually surprising to get that call, um, just as much as it was exciting. So yeah, this was the first time we talked and I got to talk to everyone. Jordan Liggins with The Ringer. So um, I read something the other day that said there was gonna be about 22 rookies this season. Um, if you could talk to, that's kind of a unprecedented number and this is a weird season. So. Mm-hmm you could talk to kind of the opportunity and the chance that you and other rookies are getting this year and what that means? Even, you know, I just feel like even though it's a, um, it's a very unique situation, like just to still have the opportunity to even just have the draft and um, now we're having a season, even though it's an IMG, we're still having a season. They still made it possible for women to play the sport of basketball. And I think that that's just amazing. And the fact that we didn't get we didn't have a training camp and we still get the opportunity i think is like a blessing for all of us and just to know that they're my friends and they're living their dreams too and you know we're all here it's just like a it's a beautiful feeling that you just can't describe to angel gray this is a very different season i mean it's a different year period um for everyone but now that you have landed on this team you have another ball, but you spent some time with Tennessee and Candace Parker. That's the vet that can teach you what you want to be in this in this league and what it takes to be successful. But what do you see for yourself? Like, what do you want your rookie season to be? 
You know, I really want my rookie season to be the most selfless season. I really just want to pour all my energy into the staff and the te- and my teammates and just learning from them and getting to know them and just staying in the moment and experiencing everything. And, um, you know, no one's promised tomorrow. So I really just want to be there. And um, when I say be there, I mean, like, really enjoying every second, every moment I get with the team, my pl- the, um, the coaches, and just playing and putting on that jersey. What does that look like for you? You know, like coming into high, coming into college, you're like, they know that the game is faster. You know, it takes you some time to um, just adjust in that way. What do you feel like is something that you can um, just get better at for this level or anybody um, that you find as a, as a mentor at this time that's kind of teaching you uh, some things that before you get going in your first game? Um, just to learn quick, be receptive, be open-minded, try new things. Um, be focused, stay focused, and just stay in the gym, stay locked in on your missions and your goals. And just that really, other than that, I think that's what I've done. And just to adapt. To Ari Chambers with Bleacher Report. Um, but you mentioned the call earlier when they, when they called you and said, hey, you made the Sparks team. Can you walk me through that call? Walk me through your emotions? And also take me back to when you realized you were getting waved from Phoenix. So I got drafted to Phoenix, and it was very exciting. We had the Zoom calls. Um, you know, I met the players. I met the coaches. And then there was a conversation about there being a pay cap, and um, they had to pay people in June, and there wasn't going to be a training camp, and people were going to get waived, and you could only have certain people on the rosters. And um, just knowing that because there wasn't a training camp, you don't even have the opportunity to prove yourself. Um, it was very hard to just be okay with at the time. But, you know, once it happened and I got waived, I'm an optimistic person. So, really, it didn't bother me much because I knew it wasn't the end for me. And I just tried to stay positive and I stayed in the gym. And just so happened, I got a call from my agent one day. and He was like, um, I hope you in shape. And I'm like, what? Stop playing. <laughs> Stop playing. What I've been shaped for. I didn't know he was talking about overseas. I didn't know what he was talking about. And then he mentioned the Sparks, and um, to, I, w- I should expect um, a call from uh, Derek Fisher or Michael Fisher. And um, yeah, we got on the phone, and they asked me some questions about myself and how I felt about the team and what I've been doing and mental health and stuff like that. And um, Next thing you know, I was signing the contract and I was a part of the team and I was super excited. I called my dad and told my family. And yeah, it was crazy because when I was in like, uh, I don't know, I was like five or six, I had to make a song for school. And in the song, I was like, um, it's Taya from the Ark. I shoot it from the park and lot. I'm hot. I should be on the Sparks. That was my song and like, I think I was like six or seven. And it was just funny that that would be the team that I'm on now, so. Tiffany Nguyen with the LA Times. When you get that call from Derek Fisher and Michael Fisher, what what is kind of your, I don't know if you really have to pitch yourself, but like, what what's that conversation like? What do you tell them you can bring to this team? Why, why they should want to sign you for this team that's really in championship mode right now? You know, I think that all of these Zoom calls and phone calls and um, FaceTime calls, and you never really meet nobody in person and you having to explain who you are and your character and 
what you stand for and stuff like that. And, you know, you don't know how they're going to perceive you. So it's all just words. And some people don't use their words good. Some people are just what you see is what you get. And some people you have to meet them in person to feel their vibe and their energy. And I think that over the phone, you know, you try to just, um, you try to just answer the questions the best way you know how, just be your true self. And um, I think most of the questions was basically being a team player, um, buying into a system, um, just being selfless and just being able to play together and not really caring about, you know, self uh, accomplishments and just wanting to be there for your teammates, stuff like that. So I think that's, that's really just how it went. Thank you. We'll go over to Miriam Swanson, LA Daily News. So obviously it's been like a, a wild, crazy experience already. Um, what do you know about what's next um, in, this, in this experience as far as like living in a WNBA bubble and playing in this environment? And do you have any concerns or just kind of how are you approaching that? Um, I'm not really an outside type of person, so I'm not really um, struggling with the idea of the bubble. I mean, besides that, you can't bring a plus one. So, I mean, I would like for my family to be there. But other than that, I mean, we get to play. Um, I get to be in the WNBA. I'm considered a professional. I get to get a jersey. Like, I'm pretty optimistic about it because I didn't get the opportunity yet. This is the opportunity that I get. So, I'm pretty happy and, you know, blessed that they even still having it with everything that's going on in the world. So, I get to take my mind off that to John W. Davis with W Insider. When you analyze your own game, is there anybody that you've kind of watched and tried to pattern your game after? It's nobody in, like specific, because I feel like when I watch the game, I watch everyone and I can learn from everyone, whether it's a post player, a wing, a point guard. Um, I really like when um, somebody just scores at ease, um, their attitude on the court, the energy they bring, um, how active they are on defense. It's just stuff like that I like to watch. So I don't think it's a specific person. I really enjoy everybody's game. So to Ronald Wallace, balling down south. You have been on a mission since you got into college and left college. You on a new mission. When you got, I watched you at your 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 season at Baylor, and I'm like, man, this this young lady can play. I say every time I set my DVR whenever Baylor games came on. Uh, uh, so <laughs> I said, awesome. I, I told my guy, I said, man, I got to get home, man. I got to, I got to go watch Baylor women play. So, I mean, yes, when you play, sir. the way you play your, your game, you play fast, you play hard, uh, defense wise, you're running up and down the court. Um, I know coach Richard is definitely glad that he was able to get you because, you know, he's a, he's a former point guard himself. And I know he's gonna be. I know he's gonna be at everybody hard, but I know I guarantee you he's gonna be at you guard very hard because that's the position he played. So Absolutely. how 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 does it feel now that you you've accomplished uh, one of your goals? I'm very sure you're on another mission to probably try to be rookie of the year or just fit in where you get in at. How does it feel mm -hmm. now that you're a WNBA player? I don't think it's hit me yet because I haven't like been around them or seen anyone. Um, but I think it's going to hit me when I see them on the six and I'm actually, uh, traveling with them, but it hasn't hit me yet. Sue Favor, uh, Women's Soup World. 
you've played for several of the great coaches throughout your college career. So I was just wondering what, what, how did you, um, how did you grow your game throughout your college career? And then how do you see yourself fitting in with the Sparks? Um, I, I played for, um, Holly Warlick, Don Staley, Kim Mulkey, and now Derek Fisher. And it's just crazy how they're all point guards. And, um, I've learned so much from all of them. Being that Tennessee, I played a big role uh, being a freshman and just having to step up and adapt that quick and be a leader. And then um, playing for Dawn Staley was um, amazing. Um, she taught me a lot on and off the court, just about character and um, having relationships and um, just, just really being a good person. And um, I think Kim Mulkey taught me you know, consistency with effort and energy when you step on the floor, whether you want to be there or not, no matter what you're going through. And um, just every every day, just be consistent. And um, now that I'm about to be playing for Derek Fisher, I think um, just having a relationship with him and um, the fact that he played in the NBA and now he's a coach and just knowing that he has both aspects of the game, it's, just, it's going to be cool to just be around and be able to soak all that in. Go ahead, uh, Raymond Lyons. <laughs> um, just kind of take me through your um, – just through your how your emotions were, you know, kind of just starting back when uh, when Baylor's season was cut short. You know, you guys were like one of the favorites to um, to win the uh, NCAA tournament. Then um, through the draft process and eventually being waived by Phoenix just to now with everything coming full circle, which you finally landed on the roster. Oh man, um, we was we had just lost too. We ended on a loss, and that was the worst thing that could have happened. Um, we had a hard week of practice. We was on the plane. We were actually just getting on the plane. Everybody just got in their seats, and um, they stopped the plane, and they said we wasn't gonna be able to go to the Big Twelve tournament. And at first, it was like, you know, we just thought it was going to come back in maybe like two weeks or I don't know, it was postponed. We didn't think it was going to be canceled the whole season. So when that finally sunk in and we all went home, it was just like, dang, like this was our last year. This is the only chance we had um, to win a national championship or a big 12 championship. And um, it got cut short because of a virus. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but it really was nothing we could do. So that just made it even worse when you just can't control anything. And then um, I got invited to the draft. That was exciting. So that kind of took the energy off, not being able to finish my season. And um, I ended up getting drafted. And uh, that was exciting again. And then uh, I think Corona was getting worse. And um, we still was unknown if there was going to be a season uh, or training camp. And um, they had to make decisions and I got waived and that wasn't good news, but I knew that, um, again, there was nothing I can do and I can only control myself. So I stayed in the gym and I was blessed with the opportunity to play for the Sparks. So, I mean, I'm glad that I didn't get down on myself and get in that hole. So really just staying optimistic. Uh, Megan Hines. Hi, um, I was on the X. How have you been uh, preparing for your for the season and um, just being um, doing things throughout the whole quarantine, just keeping yourself busy? Um, and what are you starting to prepare for for the season? 
Um, Georgia hasn't really been on a lockdown, lockdown like a lot of other states, but I feel like I've tried to stay in the gym. Um, I think when certain things is going on, they made a curfew and um, it's like kind of off and on when they cut stuff off. So just when you get the opportunity to get in the gym, I get in there and the only thing that we can't do is really like play five on five or have a defender. So just trying to stay in shape without being able to play against other people um, has been hard, but being in the gym is, hasn't, hasn't stopped. So just staying in there and just being ready as much as I can. Uh, Amanda Skurlock with the LA Sentinel. I was watching a video. I knew that a high school friend of yours was Diamond DeShields. I wonder if you reached out to her at all just to get any advice or anything just about what it is, what it means to play professionally. Um, I went to um, a few of her games this season because they played in Dallas and um, I was talking to her about it because, you know, our season was um, coming to an end and um, I was hopefully about to play in the league and she gave me a lot of advice and um, just enjoy the moment and really just um, be grateful. And when the time comes, she felt like I was going to be ready and I prepared for this my whole life. So um, she's always been there for me and we grew up together and that's one of my good friends. Two very impressive young women right there. Rashonda Gray and Taya Cooper, what a privilege for them to have this opportunity and they recognize that, they're walking that out. And just to know that both of them were at home, not knowing when they'd ever play again. And to have two amazing athletes, Shanae Gumake and Christy Tolliver, decide to opt out for the 2020 season, that is proof anything can happen. Day to day, you gotta keep the faith, you gotta stay ready, and good things happen. I love silver linings. Once again, congratulations to Taya and Rashonda. Welcome to the LA Sparks, your new family. Thank you to Eli Horowitz, Director of Public Relations and Communications, and Natalie Gilmore, Coordinator for Public Relations and Communications for the LA Sparks. Without those two amazing humans, we would not have these great conference calls. Thank you so much, you guys. Don't forget to rate and subscribe this show on iTunes. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SweetBaby24. And you can follow Stacy Pates on Instagram and Twitter at Stacy Pates. Thank you for listening to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss for Stacy Pates. And go Sparks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.